warmest of greetings to you and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon and with me this week is... Hello, I'm Abby Marison. I am one of the education programme managers for Festival Bridge and I have 10 years under my belt as teaching uh, in a primary school. Hi, I'm Rob. I'm currently teaching Year 4 class in Milton Keynes but I've worked in every key stage and key stage 2 downwards. And today we are exploring geography learning outcomes with this week's folktale from Taiwan. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for No Tigers on the Table. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback, illustrated by the marvellous Mario Coelho, as well as a full audiobook for you to download at any time, and even some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's conclude our time with Mr. Chen and all of the villagers of Sinkang and Abby and Rob here as we explore some geography. Rob, do you want to kick us off with uh, the geography for ages 7 to 11? Sure. Now, I've worked through all the key stage two and teaching the water cycle, which is kind of science, but kind of links into geography as yes, well. Yeah. It's a year five part that I've taught, say, exploring how the water cycle works, what happens mm. at different stages and things like that would lead nicely into floods. Mm. Um, probably not nicely, but um, it would lead into floods. <laughs> know what you meant, yep. yeah. <laughs> and again, in the same way that with the design technology, I would present my class or children with a brief. I'd say, right, we're in the village. There are floods coming. What are we going to do? Mm. So you would have to create a map of the village. That's in there for our other regular contributors. <laughs> you would have to think about your evacuation plans. Where are you going to send people? What are you going to do to secure the buildings? This would probably be upper key stage two, thinking of it like this. You could add to this investigation by looking at famous floods that have happened doing the research mm. in it and what was the cause what was the effect what happened afterwards as a result of it what could the village do to ensure that there were no following floods could they what would their uh, their river defenses look like would they go as far as the thames barrier or would it just be let's have it a larger pile of sandbags ready for whatever's coming do we need mm. to again do we need to think about global warming? We mentioned global warming last week. Do yeah. we need to prepare and adapt ready for the changing weather conditions? So it's kind of it's practical geography almost. It's mm, looking, at, much, yeah. looking at the maps of the areas and then applying those skills and get, like making it a problem as well. A, mm. a fictional problem, but a problem which relates to real life as well. Definitely. And then in the UK and the US, I think certainly we've we've had some very real life examples of flooding and that, that's quite close to home. So I don't know if, if it's possible for schools to link up and, and chat 
with some schools who've been through that experience and have some sort of uh, exchange where they can talk about what the um, actual steps taken were and what they're doing to guard against it happening yeah. next time. Yeah, because uh, cause, uh, like you say, it's all very well saying, oh, well, the town has built coastal defences or they've mm. bricked the river in. But if it's in a school, then that's a more relatable place for mm. children. What has the school done to protect it? You can then imagine that again, going back to imagination again. What would your school do to mm. does your school need to protect from a flood? The school mm. I'm at currently is at the top of a hill. So mm. the likelihood of not like not like a mountain, but yeah. it's is up on a hill. So would it need as much protection from a flood as uh, a school built on a floodplain? Because mm. again, year five, six, we're building more houses, we're building them on floodplains. Is this a good idea? Is it not yeah. a good idea? What can we, if we do this, what do we need to add to the building design to make sure that they are safe and habitable places? And coming back to doing things for a purpose, it's really important to test your fire evacuation procedures with with young people so that everyone knows what to do. But actually, we don't often talk about it in terms of leaving the building for other reasons than a fire. And there can be other reasons that you need to leave. So giving those kind of real world experiences of, yes, it could be a fire, but it could be all kinds of other dangers and we, we need to find the safest way. So when you do your your test or your procedure talking about safe exits and knowing the building and knowing why certain things, why fire doors are shut and why fire extinguishers are where they are, but mm. can, you can do that with the entire school. It doesn't have to be with Key Stage 2, but talking about how we keep ourselves safe and the, the measures that we, we have to keep ourselves safe. That links quite nicely, I guess, to what we were saying earlier about different beliefs and how some areas have the different beliefs. But if you were, if for example, if this podcast reaches Japan, uh, I know that emergency procedures there include earthquake yeah, exactly. procedure and you wouldn't leave the school for that. Right. Or, or you, you might do to get to a higher place, but your, your mm. procedure is different to... Go and line up on the playground. Mm. And that takes us back to, to cultural awareness of, of how, how different places are around the world. But it takes us back to our very first session on this series where, where Rob was talking about respect. If you have respect for the rules and you, the rules are in place for yeah. a reason, but there's a reason why the rules are there. So mm. uh, you can use the story to, to really have some very real life conversations with the young people about things that are affecting people all all around our country you know the, yeah. the, we, we like you said chip we've had we've had flooding as an issue in this country mm. so thinking about geography with uh early years in key stage one so um, ages four to seven yeah for, for our international listeners yeah so thinking um, of respect again you see <laughs> absolutely yes thank you for that we call it all kinds of different things. I think they call it kindergarten in America, don't they? Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about our lovely tiger again and thinking about whether the young people have ever met or seen a tiger in real life mm. and where they might have done that. So in this country, it's most likely to have been if they visited a zoo and they might have seen a tiger there. They could learn about the kind of habitat and diet uh, a tiger in that situation would have because, of course, they they are 
caged and they are mm. still killers. They are, but what what are they fed? And um, I think we mentioned earlier that a, a tiger has a starved day and what kind of yeah. meat they're given. But then go on from that to explore. Well, do tigers in the world live anywhere in the wild? And we know that they do, but but young people might not know that if they've they've seen them in the zoo and they they might not know that they're not kept as pets. Well, I hope they're not kept as pets. There might be places that they are. They're, well, they're, if you, if anyone's watched the uh, Netflix Tiger King series, they'll know that there are quite a few places in America where they're <gasps> kept as pets. I think um, there was an alarming that. statistic right at the beginning of that series that there are actually more tigers in captivity in America than there are running wild in India and. Uh, Asia at the moment. Philosophical question: Whether that's right to do again? You know, keeping keeping pets and what kind of pets? It's so yeah, you, well, you can yeah. lead on from mm. that. But yeah, my question was saying, you know, which continents or countries do tigers live in in the wild? What's their typical life? What do they do for leisure? What do they do for play? Mm-hmm. You know, they, they hunt their food and what's their life like? But using all of that for for geography for research, but then of course most things that that children learn are underpinned by the literature curriculum again so for uh for their literacy they need to do report writing so it's got mm. to be factual and uh something like this where they have to have titles like habitat diet where they've got to have learned about the tiger but they can actually write a report for their literacy from what they've learned about it so it, it links in quite nicely and they can do some research and link it to home learning as well if you want to yeah and and would you also look at the historical aspect to that and how it's changed over time because there are fewer tigers in the world now than there once were i mean certainly if if you go to taiwan now you will not find a tiger in the wild Mm. um there there clearly were once upon a time because stories like this didn't come out from nowhere people must have known what a tiger was and now they but now the only tigers you will find in taiwan are these little statues on the table Mm. and there was a time when there were tigers in Africa, but now it's just a joke that we get in Monty Python. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's it's a nice extension activity because you could do that, and then if you've got really more able um, students, or again, depending on which year group specifically you were doing this activity with, but if you're doing it with year two and you say, you know, as, as an extension activity, I'd like a paragraph with a subheading on tigers in decline. Or, Mm. you know, and if you've done the research around it, they can then talk about how certain tigers are in danger of becoming extinct or which countries that that's in and and actually form those sentences and that structure in their writing. Yeah. And maybe lead towards uh, um, a project to to save the tiger or Mm. or to um, have some sort of fundraiser, perhaps um, a sponsored activity. Yeah. Because yeah. lots of the activities we've spoken about over the last couple of weeks, um, some of your DT activities, some of your art activities, they could easily turn into sponsored activities, couldn't they? Yeah. And, and you know, as there are, you know, as I said, we, we started off the whole of this series about respect. But if we're talking about fundraisers, you know, knowing what need there is in the world, whether it's places that have been victims of flooding, people who are yeah. starving and don't have food. You know, we, we talked about that with, with the tiger. But Yes, you could do a fundraiser for an endangered species, but you could also ask the young people, well, that there are all these other people in need. You know, if, if we're going to do a fundraiser, what 
who could we support? What, what is there going on in the world? Make it really, really relevant right now. Who's in need and who can we, what can we do to help that? Which would be a very bold and confident and leaderly type thing to do. So absolutely perfect for the year of the tiger. Absolutely. That's all we have time for today, folks. And indeed this story. Time to say cheerio to Mr. Chen and the tiger and everyone in Sinkang. If you try out any of these ideas or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you are soon to cover with your young learners, please let us know on social media using at teachhappily or leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. We'll be back next week to explore the changing seasons with that classic of Greek mythology, the Dance of Persephone. Right now, though, it only remains for us to say cheerio and kung hei fat choy. So... Cheerio! And Kung Hei Fat Choi!